Thanks for tuning in to the one-on-one podcast with Jay and Jake, presented by AR Hoops. On today's episode, we're talking about our top four point guards in the league, and we're discussing which team got the best free agent acquisition uh, this summer. But before we get to the show, I wanted to remind and invite you to the upcoming AR Hoops events across the state. November 26th, the Holiday Hoop Fest is in Bentonville, Arkansas. December 3rd, in Jonesboro, Arkansas, the NEA Next Level Showcase. December 17th, we've got the Natural State Hoop Fest, which is also in Jonesboro. And then January 14th, we have the Martin Luther King Basketball Showcase in Little Rock. All teams and their matchups are posted at arhoops.com, and dates and times for our elite camps, team camps, and other individual camps are coming soon. Basketball never stops at AR Hoops. Let's get to the show. Break them. You know, I really wish we could actually hear that music leading up to the podcast instead of having to edit it in. <laughs> and see, I, I'm in mode. Like, I heard it uh, right before I put it in. So, hey, have you ever seen that video? Uh, yeah. Have you, have seen, you seen it in its entirety? Have you seen the, the end of it? I can't say that I watch it on a consistent basis. Uh, not a big YouTube guy. <laughs> no, I mean, it was the first time I've ever seen the whole thing. And, like, at the end of it, the cops surrounded this house. And it was, like, SWAT team, everybody. He's just standing in front of his house. And he literally just turned around and walked inside the house. Yeah, Man, I mean. I love 90s hip-hop. Yeah, I mean. I love yeah. it. I just thought it was crazy. Because, I mean, the whole song was kind of, you know, too good to be true. And then at the end of it, he ended up getting surrounded by police thought it was kind of weird but it was cool yeah so we're trying a new thing here for you guys the listeners uh and for us as well we're gonna change up the music every week but we're gonna stick with the uh the 90s music thing so that should be interesting uh be looking out for some uh gin and juice some snoop dogg and some biggie coming up in the next few weeks and uh, <laughs> um it was a good day it's friday and i love basketball it's the greatest sport on the planet. Man, I woke up this morning, and one of the first things I saw on social media was a picture of Dwayne Wade in Miami in a Bulls jersey after a W getting a standing ovation from the Miami crowd. And I was like, basketball is the greatest sport on this planet. It's the one thing that brings us together, all people groups, all races, religions. We talked about this a little last week. But all cultures come together, and the NBA is doing a heck of a job making that an international common thing. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you got to praise Adam Silver for the job he's doing. But I mean, it's just the culture of the NBA, it's just a huge brotherhood. And then I love when the fans get it. I mean, they understand the situation. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They gave Dwayne Wade a standing O uh, when they announced his name in the uh, at the beginning of the game. Then they cheered against them and cheered for their team during the game. And then afterwards, they put all that aside and re- recognized what all he's done for that franchise. 
and gave them another standing go. And that's exactly how it's supposed to be done. So shout out to the Miami fans. I mean, Pete, they get they catch a Absolutely. they catch a lot of flack for you know it being more of an entertainment thing and not being true fans, but they absolutely got it right last night. So shout out to them. Absolutely. And it just makes me love basketball that much more. I'm biased. D-Way's my favorite player. Uh, but I'm not – and I'm excited to see him in a Bulls uniform. That's 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 cool. But, yeah, shout out to the Miami fans for um, letting everybody know it's still Wade County. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, I just love basketball. And you know what else I love? College basketball. And college – College basketball's back. College basketball is absolutely back. Got a full slate of games tonight, and I cannot wait. I couldn't be more happy. You know, truth be told, not a big college basketball guy. Used to be bigger, uh, but when I got into the NBA, it just kind of faded off. And, and why is that? Man, I understand this is probably a bad reason, but the NBA is just more entertaining to me. The talent level between a good college player that doesn't go pro and a professional basketball player that sits the bench is still a huge gap. It's huge. The NBA players are doing things that nobody else does. Oh, yeah. And can do. I mean, yeah, completely and absolutely agree. The talent level is definitely, I mean, they're not in the same stratosphere. But as far as just what college basketball represents, that's what I love about it. And maybe I'm biased because I played college basketball, and so I know what goes into it, and you're doing all of that just from the love of the game. You have no uh, no ulterior motives, no – I mean, you're not – No financial incentives. Yeah, exactly. You're not worried about your brand. I mean, the top 1%, yeah, the one and dones, yeah. But, you know, for the majority, the 99% of college athletes, they're playing because they love the sport. They love the game, and you can just see that in every single play of every single game. Just You can feel the passion of – of college sports. So that that's why I love college basketball. But like you said, I started appreciating NBA and professional basketball as I got older. But before, I mean, I was strictly college, couldn't stand NBA until the playoffs, but I appreciate it a lot more. And I, like I said, I follow it close, more closely now than I ever have. There's a lot of drama that happens in the NBA that, that I can get behind trade rumors, people maybe leaving to go back home and then not leaving all the acquisitions, KD, Russ, there's just so many different stories behind the NBA that I just, I just love every bit of it. But I don't think I'm going to have a choice but to start watching college this year for this. Uh, so, Oh, I'm going to make you. Um, I'm going to make you watch it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to force you to watch college games this season. We're going to make a, a college right. basketball lover out of you yet. Because when March Madness comes, we have to be able to talk about it. We have to talk about our brackets. You've got to be informed. You can't have the people out there doing better in their college practice than you. I can guarantee one thing. What's that? Guarantee. My March Madness bracket will be better than our president elects will. <laughs> I don't doubt That is a guarantee. <laughs> write it down. Listeners, write it down. My, my bracket is going to beat Trump's bracket. I probably could have never beat Obama because he did really – really well in his brackets even though he was pretty biased most of the time but uh, <laughs> well you know what he, he did knew basket- you know what he did though he knew basketball and that was one thing that i could get behind you know what he did though he picked the top seed in almost every single game that he picked <laughs> which is not a bad strategy i mean you're gonna get you know solid brackets 
every single year if you do that. But what's the fun in that? Pick a, pick an upset or two. Be wrong. Don't be scared to be wrong. Don't be scared of failing. No, but if I'm showing my bracket to the entire country, I'm probably picking top seeds to be safe with myself. So. Hey, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Big college basketball slate tonight. But today we're going to talk a little bit about we're a couple weeks in. So let's discuss after the rundown who had the best offseason acquisition? Which one of these big trades? Uh, who's doing the best on their new team? Who got the best guy for their program? So on and so forth. And then uh, top four point guards in the league. A subject that's near and dear to my heart. And we'll do some pick at the end. You killed me last week. I told you. You were warned. Yeah, we both got the Grizz wrong. So. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the rundown. Let's do it. Number one, let's hear it. Number one, the Knicks suck. I'm not, I'm not completely I'm not completely off of the bandwagon yet, but I still think they can sneak into the playoffs. But man, they are god awful, and I'm just hoping they pull it together. On a bright spot, Melo got hot last game. He did. I tagged you in that Facebook post that showed like the nastiest two minutes of basketball ever. Um, but I had to because of your playoff prediction. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they sneak in the playoffs. But, yeah, Knicks suck. What's your number one? Number one, I like that you talked about the Knicks here because the Charlotte Hornets are 6-1 and one this year, and they've yet to lose a game on the road. And, see, I've been dreading this podcast for at least <laughs> three or four days because I knew this was coming. I knew it. I knew it. I didn't. I, that's why I went ahead and talked about the Knicks before you could. And then I knew you were going to bring up the Hornets. They're freaking six and one. But you know who they play tonight? Who? Ooh, Sunday. I mean, they play the Cavs Sunday, and they're both six and one. They're going to get destroyed. Is that a, is that part of the pick'em? It is. All right. We'll, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll get. Of course, I threw that. In. We'll we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Number two, let's hear. Number two, Anthony Davis is eventually going to get fed up. He's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna demand a trade. There's no way he finishes out his contract in New Orleans. There's absolutely no way. I think I don't know if it'll be this season or this off season, but he's gonna he's gonna make it publicly known that he he can't he can't stay in that situation. Well, he needs to wait until after the All Star break. Because the All-Star break is in New Orleans, and if he left and then made the All-Star team and came back to New Orleans for that All-Star game, it would be uh, dramatic. Be some mad people. It would. It would. What, what do you think they could get for Anthony Davis? You think they could? What, what would you try to get? Would you try to get a, a star or a superstar or not a superstar, but try to get someone that's really good, a veteran, or would you try to build for the future? You got to build. You've already you've already kind of shown that your program with a superstar like Anthony Davis is still going nowhere. So, you know, rebuild, keep building. Actually, I mean they're not in a terrible spot. They got Buddy Hield in the draft. I mean it could be worse. Yeah, he's been extremely underwhelming. I don't know who's been worse, him or Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's been on a cold streak. I think he scored his first basket against uh, the Grizz the other night. I think it was his. I think it was his first point or his first field goal of the season. Yeah, and Parsons scored his first basket as a Grizz. Yeah, yeah. But on a tangent, what's your number two? Death by Mark Gasol. 
is an epidemic and it's sweeping the NBA. <laughs> it's happening. He's the buzzer beater comeback king this year. Top five clutch player in the league this year, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put him at point guard if he's playing like this. No joke. He's better than Mike Conley. Mike Conley was god-awful in that game. He's still on track for most improved, in my opinion. Mike Conley? He's in the conversation. Oh, he's in the conversation. Stop Absolutely. it. We can discuss that. Yeah, later. stop that. But what's your, uh, number three. what's your... Did you say your number two? Oh, yeah, you did. You did. Number three. Uh, Steph Curry finally broke the three-point record. It's a that's my number three as well. It's about time. It, it it's about time. I mean, I thought he would do it a lot earlier in, in his career. Do you know the two players? You probably do, since this was your number three. Do you know the other two players that held the record before Steph Curry broke it? I do, but I'm gonna let you tell us. Kobe Bryant and Danielle Marshall. And Danielle Marshall had never hit more than six threes in a game, other than the time he hit twelve. So. Oh, that sounds like impressive. me. <laughs> Do you think you could outshoot me right now? Oh, no, no way. No. Good. No Good answer. Way. Give me two weeks. Two weeks? That's all you need? Two weeks. Take your two weeks. We need to do that. Take your two weeks. It's content. Oh, yeah. AR Hoops, the one-on-one three-point challenge. And we're getting it on video, and we post, we're posting it on Twitter. Mark it down. It's happening. Yep. But, yeah. All right. That's it for the rundown. So, a lot of trades, a lot of free agent moves, but who did it best? What team made the best move to get the best guy? What player left a team to be in a better situation? Let's hear it. And see, it's, it's way too early to tell this because he just played his second game of the year, but I have two. Actually, I have three. Can I name all three? Talk about all three? Yeah, I've got two. You got, I've two. got two. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about three. I think that Chandler Parsons is going to end up being the best move, the best free agent move of that summer, just because he's exactly what the Grizz have missed since they traded away Rudy Gay. Like, he's, he's a wing scorer that's big and can defend – and he get he stretches the floor because he gives you three point shooting as well. I mean, ever since Rudy Gay left, that's exactly what the Grizz have been missing to take him over the top. And so I think that's going to end up being the best. And he the situation that he left in Dallas, they replaced him with Harrison Barnes, and look where that's got look where that's got him. I mean, you have an extremely old superstar in Dirk, and not much else around you to to help you, especially in the Western Conference. So I think that's going to end up being the best. But right now. Uh, I think you either got to go Dwight Howard or Joe Johnson as far as helping the team and the situation. Uh, Dwight Howard, I think that move to Atlanta is going to help him off the court as much as it is on the court just because, I mean, I think he's been in a place since he left Orlando just trying to find himself and then being back home in Atlanta is going to help him mentally more than anything. So I'm going to go I'm going to go with Dwight Howard, but I just wanted to mention Chandler Parsons and Joe Johnson, too. I like that you mentioned Joe Johnson. I really looked at him. Um, but I, I ended up going with Chandler Parsons as well. This is uh, – I mean, it's pretty – I'd say it's probably pretty biased, but I think I'm right. Um, <laughs> hey, as long as you can support it. But Yeah, but just like you said, he filled a gap. And uh, what you see a lot of times in all professional sports is people fit differently with different teams. 
you could have a guy who looks like he's terrible with one organization, trades, goes to a new organization, and shows out, or vice versa. And I think what you mentioned about Dirk being the old superstar, um, he was just kind of overshadowed in, in Dallas. And they even had Wesley Matthews, who's a big-time shooter. And so Parsons really wasn't wide open to do everything that he needed to do, which – and he's going to in Memphis. They're spreading the – they've already proved they're, spread, they're spreading the floor. The guards are getting to the hole easier. They're getting to the free throw line. He's going to get to do more than just shoot, and he's going to get to take more than – what he averaged ten shots a game last year. He was get, he he got nine shots, three of those being three pointers up in twenty minutes in his first Grizz game. He didn't score, but when you look at the fact that he was getting right at his average shots per game for his career, yeah, he's gonna get fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, maybe push twenty shots in thirty thirty two minutes when he starts playing. Uh, full minutes for the Grizzlies. Well, there's no doubt he's going to get he's going to touch 20 shots multiple times this year. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind just because when you have Mark Gasol on the block, you have Zach Randolph on the block, they're going to demand so much attention that kickouts are going to be there, driving lanes are going to be there. Um, I mean, he's just he's gonna he's gonna have the opportunity to score. I mean, you just look at Vince Carter, look what he's able to do in that system and playing with those bigs. And so you oh, you yeah. take somebody who's 20 years younger and can shoot it just as well and is a little bit quicker has you know a little bit more explosive right now at this stage of his career there's no doubt he's gonna he's gonna succeed he just needs to knock that rust off and and get back into to game shape I think it could be argued that Chandler Parsons is entering into his prime oh yeah if he's healthy how old is Chandler Parsons do you know by chance he's 28 he's He's 28 yeah yeah so I didn't know he was that old, but Plenty wait, wait, but he went to, I mean, he stayed at Florida for four years though. So, right, so that makes, right. that makes sense. But yeah, like you said, he, he's definitely entering his prime. You know, guys at that level, they don't really consider their prime years until they touch 30, especially someone who went to college for four years. Right. And uh, let's not forget the fact that he's six foot 10. How crazy is that? You, I mean, I remember watching him at Florida and uh, you know, Nick, uh, Nick Mason, he's, you know, went to Arkansas, everything. Arkansas is a Razorback guy. But he was telling me that Chandler Parsons was six, like every bit of 6'10". Like, you know, a lot of guys are just listed at certain heights. But he said, no, this dude's every bit of 6'10", and he plays like a two-guard. Like, what can you do with that? Imagine going back to high school and playing a 6'10 two-guard. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. The closest thing that I came to that is playing against DeMarcus Cousins. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that dude, we were, all right, quick story. So we were playing in Florida, and we were blowing his AAU team out. And we were pressing him. We just, I mean, that was our game plan. Just press him. Don't let Big Cuz touch the ball. And, (laughs) I mean, they couldn't get the ball up the court because we were a little scrappy team. I don't think any defensive game plans have changed since. I don't think so either. But uh, he just got pissed off, and he went and started playing point guard for them. And he was actually breaking traps and getting the ball up to four at, at seven feet tall. So I, that's the that's the, and I thought. I mean, just thinking about guys in the NBA that can handle the ball that that well at that size, playing against them every single night. That's I can't imagine. No way. That's crazy that he was playing point guard. And before we get into our point guard talk, I want to add another name into this conversation, and. He's been hurt a little bit at the beginning of this year, so he hasn't really got to make the impact that I think he's going to make. 
but Al Horford to the Celtics. I thought about him. Yeah, I, I actually had him. That's a big move. Yeah, and 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 it's a weird foundation for this reason. But I vividly remember last year in all forms of fantasy, avoiding at all costs the Celtics front court because they had three or four decent guys, but they didn't have their go-to guy who's always going to be uh, getting those touches. Now they do. He's had a little injury trouble. He's missed three or four games this year, uh, but he's going to be a big part in Brad Stevens' offense and defense and uh, the Celtics' playoff run this year. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they use him because, I mean, he's a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit and shoot that little trail uh, top-of-the-key jumper. Uh, but he can also score on the block. So where, where are they going to have him? Uh, how are they going to use him? Is he going to be a pick-and-pop guy? Is he going to be a back-to-the-basket guy? So I, I'm interested to see how, how Brad Stevens use him. I would predict he's going to play a lot of four, and Amir Johnson's going to play a lot of five. That's just a big dude. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's pretty athletic, too. They can both move. Yeah, that'll be that's going to be a, a really, really good piece for, for the Celtics. All right. You've been waiting on this. I have. We talked about doing this for the episode one, and I just wasn't ready. Are you ready now? You you did all your research? I did some research. Um, I think I did some research from a different angle because I, I knew that you were probably going to come into it uh, top four overall best point guards in the league. And see, that was, so, was going to be my question to you, and I wanted to ask you this on the air. So – are we going to do the top four basketball players that are listed as point guards, or are we going to do the top four actual point guards? Because I do think there's a difference. Well, we you could go one way and I could go the other. I mean, I have, I have, I did my, I have both I lists. Did, I have two. I made two lists. I did my research strictly on currently – Right now, seven games in, top four point guards right now in the NBA. Okay. and But as far as style of play, because you can do, you can have someone who like Rajon Rondo, who's a great point guard. But if we're talking about just playing basketball, just going out there and hooping, he wouldn't even be in the top 20, 25. Yeah, he's definitely not on my list. Yeah, so... That's that's why I'm asking: Are we doing best like prototypical point guards, or are we doing just best basketball players that are point guards? Because Steph Curry's not a point guard, but he's listed as a point guard. Let's just take off, and we'll just argue our sides. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just pick. Let's hear your number one, because I know it's probably not my number one. Okay, my number one. Actually, I'll do both of my lists just so I can I can explain to you why I have why okay. I have them different. My my. Top best basketball player playing point guard right now is James Harden. And I, I mentioned it last week, but the dude is unreal, man. Like, I don't know if we've ever seen anybody as lethal and as unguardable on offense as James Harden. He does everything. Like, he gets to the rim, he draws fouls, he gets to the free throw line, he creates he gets in there and rebounds. He can shoot the three like really well, not just shoot it to where you have to respect it. Like he can really, really shoot it. And he and right. he scores efficiently. Like I I mean, dude is he's unbelievable. So he's my number one on my best basketball player playing point guard list. And then on my best point guard list, I have Chris Paul. 
Chris, he's floor general. He's still 19 and 10 every single year. He's going to lead your team. He's going to run your offense. He's going to get guys the right shots at the right time. He's going to guard whoever he needs to guard. He's, to me, just prototypical point guard. He's still number one point guard in the league. My number one point guard in the league right now at this current time is Chris Paul. His PER is 34. James Harden's PER is 32. Chris Paul is the highest PER point guard in the league right now. And he's exactly what you said. He's the captain. He's the conductor. He's the leader of that offense. And not only is he leading that offense, he's setting the example to lead the second group. And both groups have the highest defensive rating in the league. Chris Paul is the first person to touch the ball on offense, and he's the first person to play defense when the other team comes down the floor. He's the captain. He's doing it all, averaging 20 points, eight assists, and he's averaging three steals a game right now. He's playing defense. And his plus-minus on back-to-back nights, which is insane, is 20 plus 23. Back-to-back nights. He plays better on back-to-back nights than he does when he has rest. That's crazy, man. And like I said, that's the type of point guard that I think about Whenever someone says the word point guard, I think about Chris Paul. I think he's the example. I think he's the bar. He's the standard. That's what a point guard should be. And I think that's what kids that want to play the point guard position at a high level, I think he's the guy that they should model their games after. Absolutely. He's unselfish, but he still gets it done. Um, He's incredible to watch. And he's just a little pit bull, man. Dude's just mean. And you've got to have some of that in you to play. If you're a small guy, playing uh, on that level you got to have some of that in you so I like I like them and to add to that a lot of people like to complain about CP3 and his flopping but let's be honest it's basketball and flopping is an art when you're a shooter or when you're a point guard like you said if you're a little guy you have to make sure that you do what you got to do to get it done and he does and he does not care what who what people think about him flopping because guess what he's going to the free throw right Right. Now, I will say this, though. As good of a point guard as he is, it's about time for him to start winning. I mean, for him to never have been to a conference final is criminal. It's criminal. I mean, the roster that they have, I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be just as good as Golden State or why they haven't been to the finals yet. So it's this. Blake Griffin's playing point guard a little bit. Whenever Chris Paul got hurt, Blake Griffin stepped up big time. I mean, he was Draymond Green on steroids. Actually, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It might be literal. (laughs) Right. Number two, let's hear it. Number two on my PG list, number one, I got Russell Westbrook. For a lot of the same reasons as James Harden. I mean, he just do it all, walking triple-double. He, you know, does every single thing for that Thunder team. I mean, his touches, he's blowing everybody out of the water, even James Harden. I mean, he has the ball in his hand 95% of the time. And he needs to get his turnovers down a little bit, but he's effective. I mean, you can't really argue with what he with what he's able to do and how how good he has that Thunder team playing right now. Absolutely. Number two for me is is uh Russell Westbrook as well. And I was I was really I've got so many scratch marks on my notes here. Uh but I was really struggling whether to put Russ there or not. And then I realized they were six and two. And they were actually winning. And I said, oh, yeah. You have to. He's doing it all. My notes say, doing it all, enough said. Yeah. I mean, 
that's like you said. And then with James Harden, I mean, it'd be different if his team were actually winning. Like I think he'd get a lot more recognition. But like you said, the Thunder winning that roster is not very good. Um, but they're getting it done. Shout out to Billy Donovan. And a lot of that is thanks to Russell Westbrook. But can he continue? We'll see. But right now, I think he's the second best point guard in the league. Yep. And then on my other list, I have James Harden, number two. No need to go into why. Uh, On number three, on my list one, I have Kyrie Irving. I Interesting. Like I said, just best basketball player playing the point are listed as a point guard. Man, Kyrie Irving is unguardable. There's nothing you can do to stay in front of him. If he decides, he can hoop. Yeah, he's just a hooper. Like I had this conversation with uh in a group text, and I said, man, he's just a hooper. Like take away positions, dude can just go out there and just flat out ball. Like he can get it whatever shot he wants. He he scores at a high at a pretty efficient rate, and. He's just he's just a hooper, man. And you can't guard him. I mean, best handling you can't best handle in the league. You can't. He might have he might have one of the best handles I've ever seen. Forget just in the league right now. He has one of the top three handles I've ever seen. Number three, I've got James Harden. Uh, his player efficiency rating is thirty two. Mentioned that a little bit. We've talked already about him, what he's doing, but he's averaging 30, 13 assists, and eight rebounds, doing it all, doing it all. Um, the only thing that uh, pulled him down a little bit for me um, was that the Rockets just kind of suck at defense and he doesn't step up and command that part yet, but I think he might. No, nah, he won't. Uh, there's He won't. Yeah, he probably he won't. And defense. Defense in the NBA is overrated. He's, he's like Russ. Him and Russ are both averaging five turnovers a game, and uh, I just couldn't put him above um, – I just couldn't put him above Westbrook or, or, or CP there. So, And this is the example I always go back to when talking about defense in the NBA. And I know I've mentioned it once before, but I don't care. Defense in the NBA is, okay, Kawhi Leonard, defensive stopper. His defense on LeBron was holding LeBron to 28-8-8 on 50% shooting. If that's not a testament to what defense in the NBA is, I don't know what is. I mean, it's not completely taking somebody out of the game. It's not stopping them. It's just making them work hard. So if they're you're going to make them work hard and they're still going to score, then, I mean, like I said, defense in the NBA is is 100% overrated. Defense, defense in the NBA is weird. It's just odd. Because sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. And then you have that handful of players that are just always playing defense, like Kawhi and Tony Allen. Of course, given Tony Allen, that's pretty much all that he's good for anymore because the entire world cringes when he shoots. Um, <laughs> including himself. Just, <laughs> including himself, and he will say that. He's just like, oh, yeah, well, I was just open. Man. <laughs> so uh, defense is weird. Number four, last one. Let's hear it. I didn't want to do five. We talked about we talked about doing top five, and I said let's do top four so that we can't play the. Well, I really didn't know four or five. Yeah, card. yeah. So let's hear it. I got Steph Curry number four. I like I said, it's just best basketball player listed as a point guard. He's nowhere near the top five on my pure point guard list. Nowhere near it. But uh, I mean, he's the best shooter of all time. He's He's tough, man. He's clutch. 
He's I, it's hard for me to keep going on and on about Steph Curry because it's all been said before, but I have him at number four on that list. And then number four okay. on my other list, I have this might shock you. I've got John Wall. That doesn't shock me. I've got John Wall. If you watch But the Wizards are so bad that I could not put them on my list. They're so bad. But John Wall is so good. I mean, he's a pass first guy who's gonna get guys the right shots at the right time every single play. If and a lot a lot of people that I have this debate with don't really watch the Wizards and they don't really watch basketball on the level that I watch it. But he just makes the sim- most simple great plays that I've ever seen. Like just simple driving kicks. He does it every single time. He gets the defense to collapse collapse and kicks it out for a wide open three. Now granted they missed the three nine times out of ten because the Wizards are so terrible, but he that's the right play. They're bad. But that's the right play. Like that's what as a point guard, that's what he's supposed to do every single time. In transition I can't disagree with you. In transition, he attacks the rim until somebody stops him. And as soon as he gets stopped, he dishes it down to a big for a dunk or he kicks it out to a trail man or he kicks it to an open guy for a three. Like he just he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. I really like John Wall. All right. My number four. Again, we're gonna do a disclaimer here. My my top four point guards in the league are based on the current situation. I went seven games in or eight games, however many they played, and said, right now, who what point guard is playing the best in the league? My number four right now. And it's getting hot in here. I had to take my jacket off because this is this is some heat here. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Get out of here. Listen to this. He's got a higher player efficiency rating than Curry right now. He's a 28 PER. That's up there with Harden and Russ, who's a 29. He's averaging 21 points, six assists, and almost nine rebounds. 8.7, I think. That is hanging right there with Russell Westbrook's numbers because Russell's kind of falling off a little bit. As expected, we talked about yeah. that last week a little he bit. He didn't have anywhere to go but down. We talked about Milwaukee. They're a sleeper. They're on the fence team. And Giannis can't even shoot, and he's doing this. And he's 6'11", and he's a point guard. Right now, I think – that he is the fourth best point guard currently in the NBA. That that may change, and I don't think that he's overall the fourth best, but coming from the standpoint that I did this research right now, John Santito Kumbo, the Greek freak, the whole alphabet is my number four. So is he playing better than Damian Lillard? You know, I've got Dame down here. I've got I've got my top four. And then I've got these four names below it. I've got Curry, Kyrie, and Dame. Kyrie's PER is 18. There was no way looking at that currently I could put him on this list. Giannis is averaging less than two turnovers a game. He's playing well. He's playing well. That's impressive. He's almost doubled his point average from last year total. Uh, he's There's a reason that they've moved him and put a 6'11 guy at point guard. He's playing ball. And does that change? I hope not, because I would love to watch that all season. But overall, Dame's a better player. Mm-hmm. But right now, Giannis's numbers are better. Damn, I didn't realize he had a six to one assist to turnover ratio. That's that's impressive. 
That's really impressive. I mean, that's sneaking up on a double-double somewhere, average. Sneaking. Yeah. Yeah. Two more rebounds a game, and he's 6'11". I don't know how that's not possible. It's definitely possible. It's absolutely possible. I don't know if his assist numbers will go up anymore. Um, I just don't think the Bucks shoot it well enough. I think you need those little those little bunny assists, the the swing pass, wide open three assists. I don't see where he's going to get those playing with the Bucks, but nope. Hmm. Nope. I don't think so too. But yeah, all right, it's cooled off a little bit. I, you you've convinced me. I mean, I, I wouldn't put him in my top four, but I would definitely go take a look at him and watch him a little closer now. Oh yeah, I definitely did. Uh, my research a little differently. I knew that you were going to have your all-time point guard list coming mm-hmm. in uh, because you've been waiting on it. And so I knew that I had to have a different angle. And uh, Giannis, I even circled his name on here. <laughs> I knew I had to get him in, but there was no way that I could put him three, two, or one. Not a chance. Heck no. No. I might have I just stopped recording at that point if you had had him above any of the, your top three. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that I didn't make that mistake. <laughs> no, I, I respect it. I respect it. I think you're wrong, but I respect it. I mean <laughs> I, I definitely like, a, we'll like I said You said the same thing about the Hornets. <sighs> However, I'm sure we have like nine more days before everything just crashes and I'm just waiting Hornets. on that ten game losing streak. I'm just waiting. It's coming. But for right now, I'm loving it. <sighs> yeah, soak it in. Soak it all in. It's not going to last very long. My man, Frank the Tank, is just leading that team down the stretch, and he's just – I'm just kidding. He's not leading any – no, he's not leading anything. Say, does he average five points? How many minutes does he average? He, get, he gets style points. <laughs> oh, man. Frank the Tank. That was your that was your ace. Your ace in the hole on the first podcast. I can't believe it. <laughs> all right. That was good. Yeah, I like that it. Good. I like it. We still need to uh, nail down our criteria for a point guard and refine that a little. So refine too. that a little bit, and then we'll do a mid-season, mid-season top point guard list too. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot of a lot of mid-season rankings. Um, I'm looking forward to that because I'm paying a lot of attention to some stuff. All right, let's get to the pickums. Let's do it. You're four and one. I'm two and three after one week. So Friday's games. Knicks at Celtics. They're both three and four. Knicks at Celtics. Ooh. The Knicks are bad. The Knicks are really. Horford's hurt. Horford's hurt. That 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 helps. That helps in the pick. Give me. But so is Derrick Rose. Give me Celtics by 11. Celtics by 11. I'm going to get one of these, uh, one of these spreads right. I'm going to get me a bonus point here. Yeah, you're picking some home teams, too, so you're really good about picking the home teams. I'm going Celtics, too, because <laughs> <laughs> I said the Knicks were bad the first one. I can't I can't jump off that wagon yet. Um, Just follow my lead. That's what you're doing. You're trying to play catch-up. Shoot, yeah, I need to. All right. Friday night, tonight, Clippers at Oklahoma City. Ooh, that's going to be a good game. That's going to be – a really good game. Give me Clippers. Yeah, my schedule is clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing's going to stop me from watching that. Give me uh, Clippers by 12. 
Clippers about 12. Yeah. I think the Clippers' front line is going to neutralize the Thunder's front line, and then Russ is going to have to go into do-it-yourself mode. And the Clippers are just they're just, they're just too too good, too, too talented. I'm on the Clippers here, too. Um, when I was doing the research that I did for CP3 um, to see what all exactly that those guys were doing, um, their first and second groups are the – they have the best defensive efficiency rating. They're allowing the least points a game of any team. And uh, you, I got to go with the Clippers here. There's no way Russ can do it all against that squad. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So I'm going I'm going Clippers too by, I'll say 10. Okay. Okay. Put a plus sign out there. Maybe 10 plus. <laughs> all right. Saturday. First game. Spurs at Houston again. Houston just beat the Spurs. They're both five and three, but this one's in Houston. In Houston, give me Spurs by eighteen. There's no Spurs way Spurs by eighteen. There's I'm no Spurs. There's no way that they're gonna lose twice in a row to Houston. There's just absolutely no way that they're gonna do that. And I think Kawhi's gonna have thirty. And I think James Harden is gonna have one of those five for twenty plus nights. Like he's gonna He's gonna stink it up. They're gonna try really, to do it all. They're gonna really hone in on him, and and they're gonna they're gonna stop him, or not really stop him, because he's still probably gonna end up with twenty. But he's gonna be inefficient doing it. All right, I agree with that. I'm on the Spurs too. There's no way Pop loses this game twice. You're really just picking what I pick, aren't you? It's okay. Well, it's okay. That's try to why get, I'll let you go first. Try to try to get you some games in. It's all right. All right, I'll go first on the next one. Okay. Saturday night, the Grizzlies go to Milwaukee. It's a big – they lost their last road game, last two road games in New York and in uh, Minnesota. But Milwaukee, I think it's going to be a little different. Um, you really never hear about Milwaukee being a hard place to go play because of fans and atmosphere like you do a lot of other places. You really just don't hear about Milwaukee a lot in general. Um, Grizz are 4-4, four four, Milwaukee's 4-3. Chandler Parsons in his third game. I've got the Grizz by eight. Grizz by eight. Now you because didn't... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to act like the Grizz are going to go in there and kill them. Yeah. No. I don't think. I don't think that at all. I think they're still trying to find their chemistry, and uh, going to that Nuggets game, just watching them, watching them play. I still think they're trying to figure themselves out. Is Wade Baldwin going to be back? I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything yet. Um, usually, I'll hear. Usually, I hear the news and stuff floating around, but. I haven't heard anything. Okay. Uh give me Give me Grizz by four. I think Another it's gonna be a close, close one. one. I think it's gonna be extremely close. I think that team matches up well against each other. I think each one can neutralize the other one's strength. Like I think the Grizz neutralizes the Bucks size, their length, and then vice versa. I think that the Bucks can play slow or they can play fast. I think I think they can just kind of dictate how the game's going. And uh, yeah, give me give me Grizz by four. That's probably some bias. Bigger question: Who guards Giannis? I mean, Did they you put gotta, Andrew Harrison on him because he's the one playing the best defense right now. I mean, is is it does it really matter? I mean, does Andrew Harrison make that much more of a difference than what Mike Conley would? I don't know. If the dude's six, that's of, why I asked. If 
the dude <laughs> if the dude's six eleven, I don't think it matters if you're six one or six five. It's true. I don't think I don't think much of a difference is going to be made, even though it is a slightly bigger body. But then, who does Mike Conley guard? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I really don't. I mean, that's why. That's why I asked. I, I, yeah, that's that's a tough matchup. So. It's, it's a tough Sunday's matchup. Game. It's a tough matchup all the way around. No matter who, if Mike Conley's on the floor, it's a tough matchup. Sunday's game, and you know this is coming. Cavs at Charlotte. Cavs at Charlotte. Give me the Cavs by thirteen. Cavs by thirteen. Yeah, and it's gonna be. Okay. It's not gonna be a close thirteen either. It's gonna be like they're up twenty-two, and then you put the second unit in, and just kind of close to a victory. They're gonna blow them out. I got Charlotte. <laughs> By six. <laughs> All right, man. I can't jump off the bandwagon. I've already got on it. You riding I, it I tough. I jumped on it at the beginning, and I got to ride it till it's over. You riding it tough, that's for sure. I know it's between the Grizzlies season and the Hornets. I'm uh, losing hair. Yeah, gonna be bald before too long. Trying to put your uh, your trust in the the Hornets. Yeah, we're just waiting on the collapse, but as of now, my prediction is my prediction is held true. So we're gonna keep rolling with it. All right. All right. Y'all wanna follow us uh on Twitter and tell us your picks after you get to listen to this later this afternoon. Let us know. We would love to play to have our picks better than you. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Uh well, another good show. Week three. Week three in the books. Week three in the books. Week four coming next week. And uh, we'll be posting on social media to let you guys know what we're going to be talking about soon. And uh, until then, let's uh, just kick it off with some 90s rap music. Absolutely. It was a good day. Y'all take it easy. It was a good day. We'll see you guys later. Peace.